0: Hello, listeners. This is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening smartly
1: to At, at the, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a at Chelsea FC, FC podcast, podcast, although I would describe it as the Chelsea FC podcast. <laughs>
0: It's time for another episode of At The Bridge Pod, your number one Chelsea FC podcast, coming up on this episode. I read a quote this week that said, sometimes when things are falling apart, they may actually be falling into place. Let's hope so with this Chelsea team. Welcome back everyone to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. I'm joined in a virtual room filled with some lions. I've got Ollie, I've got Chris, and we are prepped to bring some positivity to your ears. Ha <laughs> ha I'm I, I I'm I'm probably <laughs> I'm probably a bit joking. <laughs> I don't know where we're getting. We're gonna find it. But first, just to because we want to, what are you looking forward to this weekend, team? Oh, that's a good question. What am I looking forward to? Should we drag this out
2: again for Kevin's benefit? Drag
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe he really listens anymore. I don't No,
2: I, I don't believe so either. But you know what, Kevin, if you're out there and you are listening, you are an enemy of the show uh you know. so, <laughs> the first one. you down uh first enemy of the show um what am i looking forward to this weekend i i'm going to spend some time with my fiance and uh you know probably just you know just do life stuff it's one of those kind of boring weekends where nothing really happens but that's fine what about you
0: chris what have you got lined up
1: uh not a lot um i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully you know feeling well again because i've been here. that's true we do hope so uh, I'm hoping that that happens over this weekend. Apparently, I'm just, I'm just kind of, just kind of uh, hoping in that hoping that Chelsea don't ruin my weekend again. Chris was blind this
0: morning. He was, yeah, <laughs>
1: clinically, clinically, I was.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't, uh, we can't argue with that. That that was very much uh, we've established before the show, uh, listeners. That uh, yes, he was. He was it was not nice not nice but he's, he's, his eyes are open ready to have them spoiled by chelsea this weekend oh my. Uh, Do you know what you should have sealed them shut again <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> yeah three, three o'clock tomorrow <laughs> afternoon i'll i'll stick them together i guess oh yeah, well.
0: <laughs> uh, right well i i'm going to be in the kitchen i'm going to be making some cookies but i've got something more pressing seattle Sounders they're on the road to take on the portland timbers it's going to be a wild game because if you don't know it's it's our biggest rivalry. It's an incredible game. It usually has a great atmosphere. Always explosive when they play one another. And I'll be watching the highlights Sunday morning because I won't be tuning in at 3.30am, which is the kickoff. My eyes won't certainly allow that. And My Minnesota I, I like are taking sleep. on Orlando as well. Oh, Orlando. I don't know how their Orlando season's City. going, but oh, Pato played for them, which he doesn't now, which sucks because Pato, I love Pato. He probably did Nani play
1: for them as well. He
0: did. He did. Yeah, he did. He did. I can't think of... Off the top of my head, Orlando players. No. Not many. Not many that I can think of. But hey, with that, let's hit the news. Oh, it's that time of the week as we check out the news that you may have missed in the elevator of Chelsea News. Chelsea have invited Julian Nagelsmann for a personal interview. There appears to be a mutual desire between Mason Mount and Liverpool for the move to happen. Ben Chilwell has officially agreed to extend his contract with Chelsea by a further two years. Chelsea like Moises Casado, Romeo Lavia and also Cuadio Cone. The Premier League announced a pre-season summer series in America from July 22nd to the 30th across five cities and Chelsea they are taking part. Enzo Fernandez might have, probably, per news, extended his contract at Chelsea. And finally in the news, Cristiano Ronaldo's Al Masia have sacked their manager, Rudy Garcia, which means Scott Parker, hey, he's about to get a big payday, isn't he? He's going to be lined up. Uh, what, <laughs> what from this week's news grabbed your attention?
1: Uh, I, I'd like you to read a piece again, actually. Um... What was the what was the name of the three players we were linked to? Oh. Just, read the, just read them out again. <laughs> just read them out again. Go on. Moises Casado, <laughs> Romeo
0: yeah. Lavia, and also Kuadio yeah. Kone. that's
2: interesting. What's his name?
1: I genuinely <laughs> have just butchered a name. Go on, go on, correct me. No, I'm not correcting you on that. I'm just saying that we must absolutely love mid-table. Oh, because those are the sort of signings like you know I'd be I'd expect like Villa to be linked to, or Leicester. I Leicester think. do oh, not yeah. have the money you know, for Moises Casado. <laughs> I think Lavia no, is a decent little player. Yeah, yeah, decent at Southampton, who are in the relegation zone, by the way.
2: That's true, that is, but you know what? We, well, we, <laughs> we probably would get him for cheap when they get relegated. So
1: Yeah, we, yeah, we will, and, and then he'll come in, and we can make him worse. Then he already is. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I I was, just, really I'm the
2: optimist. I just appreciate
1: the fact that
0: uh, I was set up there. I was ready. I was ready to have the ball hit me in the face, but instead I swung home run. I really <laughs> did. I thought you were going to mock me for my awful no, pronunciation no, 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 of names, no, no. which I, I'm I very know. good at. I would at. say, isn't it Moyes Kaiseido, not Moises? Probably. Probably. <laughs> okay. Anything I say is wrong. We've established this. Anything I've said is wrong.
1: Wait, It's just that bit of news, right? It's like, Again, we're focusing on the wrong thing. Stop trying to buy players with potential. I think we've got enough of them mm. now. Like we've got, do we a must fair have. Few. Yeah, we must have some of the youngest players like ever. We'll be signing four-year-olds next. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. We need people who are instantly going to come in and make our team better, and not a single one of them people you've just said do that.
0: We, you, did bring you know in you, a, we did bring in a manager with potential as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: what I mean. It went, oh, went well. God. went really you know, well.
2: You know what you were saying about we'll be signing four-year-olds next? Uh, you're not actually that far off because uh, do you guys remember a little while ago when the video of that 10-year-old in the Chelsea Academy yeah. went around Twitter? He was the Sport best 10-year-old of? I've ever seen at football. I can't remember what his name was, but he was absolutely incredible. And I'm convinced he'd do a job for us this season (laughs) based on (laughs) our results. So, you know, sign him up, I say.
0: Well, uh, right. What I noticed this week, I'm going to bring the attention to the pre-season summer series. Now, for me, I I was like, this is rad. I love this. But, but I do have a problem with it because one of those games and we're playing in it, I think it's against Brighton is hosted at fedex field now american listeners or listeners of nfl will know oh what did i just i just said nfl but i didn't that, that's poor, poor for me but genuinely arguably one of the worst stadiums in america it's trash and even the washington commanders their fans will tell you that because the injuries on that surface over the last decade or so. I'll list them off for you because I've got them here. Alex Smith's gruesome leg break, Robert Griffin III's ACL tear, Chase Young's ACL tear, Joe Burrow's ACL tear, Ryan Fitzpatrick's hip, Kyle Allen's leg and Adrian Peterson's ACL. Obviously, fans of the NFL will know all those names, but all it made me think was any injury-prone players in our squad should just be kept far from this game. Maybe, maybe... Maybe leave them on the bench. No, no, the hotel. Or they can just come mine, put feet up. We'll have a couple of beers, chill. Yeah, chill old James, Fafana, Kante. Maybe you missed that one. It made me worry. It (laughs) made me worry because that pit, that field is known for injuries. And we have, obviously, every squad has an injury risk player, injury prone players. But considering our crisis and what happens when we play pre-season or postseason games, I thought, hmm. Please don't, please don't. Yeah, feel I would them. really
2: like it if we, if we, you know, went into next season without any major injuries, because I think we're really going to need everybody. Uh, you oh, know, with the, you think? <laughs> yeah, I really do, because we're we're going to need everyone to be chipping in next season. Because I mean, this season's basically dead, isn't it? So you know, I, I, we need to start next season on the strongest possible footing, and and not tearing your ACL is the best way to do
0: that. Oh I'm looking yeah, at you chill well. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that's a good point, actually. I mean, what do you make of this tournament so far? Like the old concept and everything? Because it is pretty much like a pre-season quite, tournament.
2: Do you know what? I actually quite
0: like it because
2: it's not. it doesn't require too much travel. And Chelsea will be playing, you know, proper Premier League level uh, opposition, you know, who will be experimenting with tactics and players, sure, but largely Premier League opposition. And so I think it will give us a really, really good opportunity, as well as the other teams in it it was a really good opportunity to actually get a little bit of fitness into the squad, you know, really, you know, suss out some of the other teams, work out what tactics we want to do as well, you know, with and work with the new manager. I think it would be, it should be really beneficial.
0: Mm. If nothing goes wrong, touch wood. <laughs> I mean, it's it, for the record, it, we did play there against Barcelona a few years ago. I don't think there are any injuries, but because it's turf, it, it, it it's just, unfortunately, it, it seems to blow out ACLs. It's mm. uh, what do you think? What do you think, Chris?
1: Uh, I mean, there's a risk without any pre. I mean, I would say there's a risk with any game, obviously, that someone's going to get mm. injured, but I'm not overly worried because it's pre season, not post season. I think if it was one of these stupid post season games, like when Loftus cheek did his, wasn't um, that mid season? Injury. No, wasn't it? Wasn't it just wasn't it straight after the end of the season?
2: It was I, I could have sworn it was like a it was a really bizarre situation where we were doing a pre-season uh, a, a friendly like mid season and everyone was confused by it, and that's why everyone was upset when Loftus cheek got injured.
1: Mm. But maybe well, I'm wrong, I don't know. I, I I don't really I don't remember. I I always thought it was postseason, maybe that's just what they called it. Um but either way, I I do quite like the series though, because like what Ollie just said, I think we're playing Premier League teams, and I think when you look at the Premier League teams that we're playing as well, they're not teams who are going to have heavily rotated squads. Because I always think in preseason when you play, you know Arsenal, Man United, Man City, it's so rare that they actually put their actual team out. It's normally yeah, you'll
2: only be actually you might only see a third of the players that actually yeah, play that yeah, game. The, the rest of the yeah, yeah, yeah. The
1: rest of them, are, the rest of them are kids. Um, this is normally full of a lot of youth players, or at the very least, they who, wouldn't
2: they wouldn't play against Chelsea, at least, would they? Like, you know, they might play, ex- they might yeah. get a game in the cup against, exactly, Southampton or something. But but you if know. you're
1: playing, if you're playing, you know, Brighton, Fulham, um, whatever, then I think they're more likely to put out what they think their best team, or at least a uh, close to it, is going to be because that's what those sort of because they don't have massive squads to experiment with anyway so I do think that will hold us in better stead the only the only slight issue with that would be if we don't have a good preseason when you're playing those teams yeah you've already yeah you're already putting a little bit of pressure on yourself but hopefully we, it, it it goes well but we'll just have to see I guess
0: I d- obviously they have replaced I think they put some new grass down recently on that stadium i did look into it earlier today but it's still it's not it's not the most popular place to play because of its history i mean i might have got that all completely wrong and we don't need to worry anymore and they've replaced it or it's all good but um uh it's hard to say it's hard to say what's not hard to say (laughs) is the match that we had this week um it it is the obviously let's you know it's the match report sponsored by your hopes and dreams that this season might get better but despite look despite that's why there are none (laughs) uh, yeah well yeah i can't argue i can't argue but what i'll run through it despite being reduced to 10 men and losing by two goals against madrid we showed clues that a comeback at Stamford bridge is possible you know in the second leg of the quarterfinal However, what happened? Well, by half time, we were down a goal thanks to Benzema's killer instincts. He was just in the perfect spot to turn in the rebound after Kepa saved Vinicius Jr.'s volley. That was Benzema's fifth goal in three games against Chelsea, which is quite some record. Raheem Sterling, he nearly equalised immediately from Reese James's cross. Ben Chilwell was given a straight red for pulling down Rodrigo as the final defender. Then Marco Asensio scored in the 74th minute to make it 2 0. There's many talking points here, dudes. Uh, I'm going to be uh, a bit off off centre here and say, why did Ben Chilwell feel the need to issue an apology for something that wasn't 100% his fault? Yes, he got sent off. I know that. But he was... That wasn't because, you know, he was put in a very unfair position there. Well, I feel like he probably feels it's his fault. Uh, you know, it like, is oh, it's, it's this new thing of players apologising for yeah. just playing a game. <laughs> it's like, I am with you, though.
1: I, I don't particularly like... The apology things. And Bruno
0: did it, didn't he, when he missed a penalty? Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't. I, I don't yeah, like missed. it. I think you've Rashford, got to prove it. Bashafield does really. it a lot. Yeah, I'd, I don't think you need to either, because I mean it's all part of the game, and it, and I, I just I don't I don't particularly like it. Um, I do think, although I'm, I'm I'm sure we're going to get to talk about Cucurella's part in it. Oh, it is will. still chill, it is still Chilwell's fault because he was put in a terrible position by his teammate, but he didn't have to pull him down. He could have let him go through and score. Or he could have let him try
2: and shoot, but then that that you know creates the issue around whether you know he believes Kepper would save it or not.
1: And, well,
2: but either way, let's not I, get I into rather,
1: I'd rather be playing the rest of the game with 10 men 2-0 down than playing uh, with 11 men, sorry, 2-0 down, than playing with 10 men for the rest of the game. Because it, like, it could have it, it could have been so much worse, but I Real Madrid think... didn't really try. Uh,
2: uh, yeah, they were definitely in first gear in the second half. But I actually thought, maybe, and maybe it's because of that, I actually thought in the second it's half, just... when we had 10 men, we played better. Really? Yeah, like I really did. Like I, I, At times, I actually thought we were a bit more direct. We were more defensively compact. It was almost like it kind of shocked the players I'd into say, like actually yeah. doing what they were supposed to do?
1: I'd say we defended better uh, because we was, we, well, it, that's all we was doing really. I, I, I think it was one of them, the players almost took responsibility because they didn't want to get embarrassed. Now, if they could show some character at the start of the game and they can actually win it, that would be ideal. Mm. I, I mean do you think The boys gave everything in the game Did they? Nah, Did no they? Chance. I mean no chance. look
0: that, that red card was for me Kukurea's fault You know Kuk- Kukere... <laughs> Kukere is kind of up there With Bakayoko For one of the worst signings In Chelsea history right now But hey Do you Bakay... really think so? Well Bakayoko had two incredible games Against Spurs and Liverpool He also played in the FA Cup final Which we, uh, we found out the other week On Lone Carousel But I just sort of fail to understand why Kukurea keeps getting game time in the in a back three over Chalaba. He's been awful in that position every time. We know left centre-back, is that his best position? No, it fucking is not. He shouldn't be playing I, Do you know what? I think three. he's
2: better at left centre-back than he is at, at, at left back or wing-back. Well, that would suggest so that, he this should is not problem. even be in the squad. But that's the problem with what I was talking about a couple of weeks ago with these kind of positional players, you know, like, sorry, positionless players, where... Ultimately, it means that they're not actually all that good at anything. They they're sort of passable at everything, or mediocre at everything. Or you know, if you get a really good one, they're quite good at everything. And you know, player like Mount or Aspilicueta, you know, in mm-hmm. his prime, you would say quite good at everything, more or less, wherever they played. But Cucarella, for me, it just seems like I I think the the step up in
0: quality for him has just been too much. I, I, I mean, he was incredible I, I, last season, as we said when I, you know, I said about he'd be one of the signings of the the season last year, and
1: he was. But this season, he's been completely the opposite. I think I think we've got to be careful here, though, because I think we might struggle to actually sign players soon, except well, because we what? ruined them all. Yeah, <laughs> because you, I, I, honestly, like. You look at Cucarella, right? So he left Barcelona and went to Hatafe, where he sort of built his entire career on his form there. Then he went to Brighton, which should have been a step up from La Liga coming to the Premier League and took to it like a duck to water. I understand what people are saying about maybe the step up to Chelsea has been too much, but we're playing the same league. And he's looked completely out of his depth in the Premier League, but he didn't last year at Brighton. That's yeah, why Man did, C- That's why Man City wanted him. So what I don't understand is he's just another player who has come to us and has declined massively. And if he was an isolated incident, I would think, yeah, maybe he just had one really good season at Brighton and we shouldn't have signed him. But he's not, let's be honest. Almost every player we get is worse than when we sign them. So I honestly think we've got to start looking at ourselves here. And either it's signing the wrong players or... Mm it's actually the coaching staff around the club aren't good enough because something's happening because we very rarely make a signing that you go, oh, he turned out well.
2: Yeah, you know what? You're right. We, we very rarely make a signing and go, do you know what? He was good when we signed him and now he's amazing. Maybe yep. Kante? kante was really good when we signed him and then he kind of went into the stratosphere that's kind of the last one i i was because you were yeah. asking this in our group chat the other day and i had a bit of a think about it. i think kante is properly like the properly last one we bought maybe Matic, you could say maybe chill like, well
0: she maybe. got these, uh, uh,
2: maybe
0: obviously hard, edward mendy got better tiago silva's consistently been the rolls royce of the squad yeah, yeah. But, but, but the point is, it's like that. What what and what Chris is trying to say here, if
2: you'd let me speak for you a sec, Chris, is that you know, you can name a couple that have gotten better and a lot that were good already. Rude but again. you can't really name, <laughs>
0: but you can name a whole lot more that got worse. Oh, yeah, yeah, Giroud. Yeah. I'm just listing off names. I, I mean, it, do, it does kind of suck to watch any Chelsea football since the start of the new year, you know, and post. Post-World Cup, we've we really sucked. You know, we know that. Our attack is non-existent. Our cohesion has evaporated. And interesting, no one's mentioning how poor Kovacic has been for us since the World Cup. He's, I'm he, just fed up of him, to be honest. I mean, yeah. he's, he's dropped off. <laughs> for me, he's dropped off more than my iPhone battery's health. You know, I've seen, I've seen some people say maybe he's hit vacation mode and has chosen to leave. If so, well. Stop. So don't give him the arm yeah, back, I mean, of ed- Exactly, good. You, you can't I have that attitude now that in a locker room. Come on. The thing,
2: but the thing I don't understand about that is he was supposed to have surgery on his ankle. It, but, you know, he was injured and then he went to the World Cup. He was supposed to have surgery when he got back and he just didn't. And which he had also a great World Cup. Me, yeah, and he had a great World Cup, played really well for Croatia, and then comes back and he's not done as well here. You know, yeah. is, it feels like at the moment... and. I'm almost starting to get hesitant on criticizing individual players because Chris is right. It feels like there's something fundamentally up with the club at the moment that is making players do this, you know, rather than the players themselves just not being good enough. Yeah, mm. some of them are average, some of them aren't good enough. We know this already. And the big clear outs coming in the summer. But at the same time, you know, I th- Chris is right. We've got to be looking at ourselves now because there's no way a squad of this much quality should be playing this poorly consistently. And-
1: the thing is, a lot of these players as well, the more damning piece of evidence for that would be a lot of these players actually start well. So the first couple of games you see them, you think he's a good player because they're still... Mudrick's they a great they, example of that, yeah, isn't he? They yeah, haven't, they haven't really been coached by Chelsea yet. And then give them two weeks of being coached by our staff and all of a sudden you look at them and you think, who's this guy? Like M- Mudrick is prime example this season. He looked absolutely electric at Anfield. And then he was out the team for a couple of weeks, had two weeks at Chelsea being coached by Chelsea coaches. And now he looks like he's never seen a football before.
2: And it's strange, isn't it? Because you can't necessarily even say it's a manager issue because we've had 100 of them this season and and it doesn't seem to improve under any of them. Exactly. is it the coaching? Is it maybe the attitude of the squad? Maybe it's just the fact that there's so many players all together. You know, it's making people not all that bothered. You know, I don't know maybe for whatever reason There just isn't that something's not clicking At the club at the moment and I think You know someone I think Gallagher actually came Out recently and said that he said something's Not clicking and the worrying part Is that it seems like even the players don't know The the players don't know what's going wrong And uh, you know identifying The problem is the first source you know The first way to, to fix it but I don't I'm struggling to think of anyone at the club who would actually know what the problem is.
0: I mean, we've spent 600 million on this squad. Now, now I, I, I know I say this often, I don't mind if we lose defeat. It's part of sport, part of life, but it's the performance. What matters, the effort, the mentality. And I, I didn't see any, I mean, I could easily argue that 50% of this squad needs to go. You know, we've had four wins in 21 games. We've had four managers this season, including Bruno. Now, A wise man learns from his mistakes and a wiser one learns from others' mistakes. So our next manager really needs to learn from the mistakes of the previous four and sort this out. They've got to. Then We have to. The next appointment is not just critical. It's critical. Sorry, critical to the now. It's critical to the long-term future
1: because, you know. Well, the thing is as well, like, The thing that I think we say most about our squad, like individual players in our squad, especially, is they don't suit our style of play. We say that all the time. So you look at Kai Havertz, you say he doesn't suit our style of play. Timo Werner didn't suit our style of play. Lukaku Lukaku didn't suit our style of play. How about we change our style of play to suit the players that we have rather than keep talking about this style of play that I don't even know what it is. What does that mean? Because I we thinking, don't, I don't have think, one. I, the truth is, I don't think
2: we have a style of play. And no, I are I we, just we just randomly just, yeah. Because we, their style the thing, of play is linked to the manager of whoever it is at the time. Now, of course, we've and, had four of them this season. So the style of play is obviously all over the place.
1: I think, though, the downfall of this started with Sarri. And I'm not singling him out as the blame, but he turned us into a possession-based team. And every manager we've had since him has played possession-based football with a team built for the counter-attack. Now, the games that our teams look the best in and our players look best in are normally games against the better teams when it's a little bit more open. There's more space. We're probably defending deep because we're not the best team and we're playing forward quickly, trying to get something on the break. Even the Think start of, of the games, Real Madrid game shows that you know the start of that
2: game we were trying to on the break Felix got through really early from a pass from Kante yeah even the Sterling chance
1: yeah even the Sterling chance come on the counter-attack think of the games last season against Liverpool especially the cup finals I thought we looked really good in those games because Liverpool give you a lot of space on the break So why are we playing possession-based football when we've clearly got a team built for the counter-attack? I don't understand why why every manager's doing the same thing.
0: I mean, I see what you mean, because when I think about, you know, if I put it into food analogies, which I always do, if I, I really like fish and chips, but if I'm making fish and chips, you stick with the staples that work with that dish. If someone then goes, oh... Oh look at this! This is really great. Look at this! this is Belgian chocolate, the best in the world. Yeah, I really like that, but it's not going to suit what I'm doing. And yet, yeah, that's what Chelsea do. They sort of go, "Oh, look at our team! This is how we do. This is like you said on the counter. Uh, this is our team. Yeah, but look at this player. He's really good in possession. Oh, that's re- you know what? We'll have him. And then it completely. You look at your your plate and you go, "This, this, none of this makes any sense." But yeah. I, do you know what, no. I think
2: this is something that I, I reckon the owners will have identified that for surely, you know, they, they they will have made they've understood their mistake with Potter, they must have done by now. And so, you know, when they look at their next manager, they and this is why they're doing all these interviews is they want to know how these managers are going to set up the team because they need to know that it fits the it, they and it, it fits the, the squad that we actually have, you know. Sorry, for better or for worse,
0: came in and did actually a very good job of turning us into a possession-based yeah. team. But it has hurt us since. Mm. I, I mean, did. I did see stuff come up on social media because Lazio are incredible in Serie A right now, in second. Why did we let him go? Well, forget all the. He wanted to return to you, Italy. He had the option yeah. with Juventus, and that's the biggest job in in Italian sport at the time. And, and I, I, you I understand. know, let's not I forget. Understand.
2: Let's not forget, you know, under Surrey, it wasn't all roses. The football no, was no. turgid a lot of the time. It was yeah. very boring. We lost 6 0 to Man City, then 4 0 to Bournemouth in the same week. Yeah. You know, like it's not, it's, no,
0: it's not, not a good let, week, Let's
2: no. not look at it all through rose tinted glasses because it's, he's he's good now. You know, the same way you wouldn't say the same about Tuchel or DiMatteo or whatever now, just because they're no longer at the club anymore. You know, it, it's important to look at these things objectively.
1: But mm. if you look at it as well, I would say the last manager who, since, since Surrey, the last manager who set us up to use the players that we had over a league campaign and be successful at it was actually Lampard in his first season. So he used Mason Mount as a number 10 or as an advanced eight, if if you wanted to be really pedantic about it. Mm. He, knew, he knew the sort of balls that Abraham wanted. So slid balls in behind between centre-back and full-back. We played them a lot. Or crosses into the box. We did that mm. a lot. He built it, he knew what Pulisic offered on the left. So he played Pulisic on the left and got the ball to his feet and told him to take people on. I don't understand why, really, since then, I would say since that summer of Lampard's second season when we started signing Havertz and Werner, we set up completely differently.
2: Do you know what I, I think it is? Is because, I, and I think this is arguably something you could say since, since, abraham left is we haven't actually had a striker you know we had lukaku and then everything that happened with him whatever yeah but you know like i think what happens is especially in a team like ours when you don't have a focal point for the attack because if you're playing possession-based football your possession leads to nothing because you don't have anyone to pass to at the front you know you've got someone like stir like you're crossing in the ball to sterling who's a midget or you know you're crossing the ball into Jao felix who you know doesn't want to do that he wants to dribble on the edge of the box and mess up his shot anyway but you know it. We need like a, a. I know it sounds cliche, but I feel like we need a big sort of target man type of striker. Someone's physical can play with their back to goal, can play off of you know off of defenders, be able to slip you know people like Mudrik, Sterling, Felix in and around him. You know, because at the moment we've just got no focal point, and it and it just makes no sense.
1: I agree, hundred percent. The only thing I would say about that is there's no point doing that and then asking that player to do something else. Yeah, which, which is essentially <laughs> which is essentially what we did with Lukaku. Now mm. forget the interview thing, because yeah. just look at just look at the period before that. Lukaku came in and he hit the ground running, started scoring goals straight away. Um he, he bullied Arsenal on his debut. He scored two great goals against Villa. He scored the winner in the Champions League, Zenit, I think it was. Mm. Hit the ground running, scoring goals straight away. We we were giving him the balls he wanted. Kovacic's quick ball in behind against Villa that led to the first goal. Quick balls across the box, crosses in for headers. And then all of a sudden, it's like he got injured. And when he came back, everyone went, we we want you to do this now. We need you to drop into these pockets of space and play almost like a false nine. And we're going to build up slow around the edge of the box. And we're not really going to get it in behind quick for you. Why?" Why did we do that? I did. I. I don't understand. We did the same with Timo Werner. Timo Werner. Yeah. We all knew what he was. You watched him at Leipzig. You could tell straight away what he wanted. He wanted balls over the top.
2: Yeah. Or so, yeah. Or on the floor in behind. You know. Like, yeah. Yeah. So you need to someone.
1: Someone like um, Jordan Henderson at Liverpool who just gets that ball off the fullback and he whips it in behind the defence and says, chase it. That's all we needed to do. It wasn't rocket science. That's but again, we as well, by the way. It's, yeah, the, same, it's and, the same problem. But again, with Werner, we went, no, we want you to drift out to the left, get the ball to feet, dribble and beat players. He wasn't good enough to do that. There's no point in, in signing a player and then asking them to change to us. No, sign a player and adapt your team to them. Or that's, better, that's yeah, have a team do.
2: Have a team plan and then sign players directly only players who suit that plan.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: And it, I think that is a lot of worry and, you know, the stuff about, especially with a lot of the players that we have or have coming in now. You know, we've got Havertz in the team. We don't know how to play around him. We've got Nkunku coming in. We're not going to know how to play around him either. We've got Felix yeah. in the team. He looks lost as well for the same reasons, you know? it's just, it seems to be a perennial problem at Chelsea. And I, I do think a striker helps because I think it gives, you know, generally speaking, it just gives you something to point at. Um, but, you know, cause you, we just can't keep playing like people like Felix and Sterling up front. Cause it's just, it's not where they're trying. It's not where their position is. It's not where they're trying to play. And I, you know, partially you can blame Tuchel for that as well, you know, like, cause he was a very good tactician but he was always putting people sort of out of position, you know, Malang Sarr at left back, or you know, Ziyech playing a right wing back shift and stuff like that. It worked mm-hmm. for the time, but we can't afford to change everything, you know, change every player that comes in because you may as well just sign literally anybody, you know, because yeah. uh, it does because it doesn't matter who you sign
1: if you're gonna if you're gonna fundamentally change the way they want to play anyway. Exactly. You look at other top clubs when they sign a player, they don't change them; they just improve them. They don't change the whole way that they play. You look at Man City with Haaland this season. Pep hasn't changed how he plays. He hasn't started telling him to come and play as a false nine and drop into pockets of space and link with the midfield. He signed him as a penalty box striker. So they just played to that. And then all these probably improved with Haaland is little movements around the box or timing of runs, little things like that that just take him to an extra level he does the same with players like Grealish you watch Grealish play now he, has, he isn't fundamentally different than when he played at Villa he looks like the same player he's just doing it better now he's more efficient in the right areas and that's, and that's what Guardiola and that is does because, to his players
2: and that's because Man City have a set way that they want to play and they sign players based off of that you know it, exactly it, it you know it's to a certain degree it's ne- it's nothing to do with the fact that it is Holland or it is Grealish. it's the fact that they identified that these players would fit into their system and then they went and got them because they knew it would work and yeah. you know and um, i think at the moment especially with this ownership is it feels like we're signing players and then we're giving managers you know we're giving managers the players are going look at all the players we bought you and them going how am i supposed to like mikey says like with a it's like giving a gourmet chef like some chocolate some ice cream some spaghetti and you know, like, and expecting them to make a gourmet dish, and it's like, yeah. how do you expect them to turn that into something? And and that's where I feel for Potter a little bit as well. I understand Potter had to go because I don't think he was good enough. But do you know what? The position we
0: put him in as a football club did not help him at all. Mm. No. That's that's they're all, very all strong points that you know I think we all can agree on. A breaking news drop! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! So according to the Athletic. This is this is it's a funny one, but it's quite appropriate for us, I guess. It may be that privately, Igbali and Boley are not all that concerned about complying with FFP, as the latest round of charges to PSG, Juventus, and Inter, and others were not particularly onerous. Uh, I mean, they're they're probably right because you know what, we're not going to be in any UEFA competition, so.
2: I eh. I actually said this a little while ago, and um, in that actually, what may happen is Boley and Igbali have actually looked at. FFP and you know the financial fair play for UEFA and the Premier League and looked at it and gone well it seems to be that they're only giving out fines maybe you just see that as a cost of doing business for essentially doing what you want
0: you know (laughs) it's kind of true though because look at City yeah I think they got their playing squad in the Champions League reduced oh we're not going to be in that so (laughs) I uh, I mean talking of money this week we did hear that Atletico won't sell Jao Felix for less than hundred million. It didn't say if it was dollars, euros, or I think it was versus. euros. I think I, it was I don't million know. Euros. But if we decide to proceed with that, well, well, I mean for me it'd be like buying shaving foam for Chewbacca. We we don't need him. You know, I only need to glance at Felix's stats to know that he's been quite wasteful. He's attractive on the eye. Yeah, I mean, we're not denying that, but we're not making a Tricks and Skills YouTube video. You know, and I can I can sort of see why Simeone let him leave. You know, he doesn't contribute enough on the defensive end and his offensive metrics don't support it either. And I know the argument of Simeone and his defensive coaching and all this, but he's kind of good with forwards. You know, he's look at Maratta, He's done well there. Griezmann, he's done very well with him. And Atletico have kind of got better without him. Depay, he was he scored under this management. And for us, two goals, zero assists in thirteen. I mean, he he I just don't I really bloody hope we don't spend a hundred. I don't You think- wanna hear a
2: a ridiculous stat about Jao Felix? Go on. Is that he actually in his career has more yellow cards than assists. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: oh that's wow. True. Oh my word, that's no. brilliant. Uh, you- and I, I was cuz I, I in a way in a funny way I do feel bad for Joao Felix because I feel like he's been chucked into probably the worst Chelsea team in in decades you know and in the worst situation as well but at the same time he's not really shown us that he's worth buying at all you know he's not I think the best players the ones who are worth 8500 million whatever despite struggling will prove to you that they're worth buying and mm. and for me Felix hasn't shown that at all not, not even a little bit. You know, I feel like he's, like you say, Mikey, he's wasteful. Sure, he knows how to dribble. But, you know, he doesn't really, he never really makes the right final pass. He shoots on sight quite early. And a lot of times he can be quite selfish on the ball. You know, he doesn't always seem to be making the right passes. He's not making the right choices. And maybe that's a matter of cohesion. But the problem is, is we don't have time for cohesion. You're only here on a six-month loan. We brought you in January. I mean, you yeah, know? he's
0: a good player, but just not for us. And we've yeah, all... that's Chris, what will... Chris and yourself have discussed that in depth.
2: Yeah, at length. Chris and I have gone back and forth on this a lot. Is, you know, is that ultimately, I think he's a decent player. I think there's probably a decent player in there. but And he will play well somewhere, but just not mm. for us. Because yeah. I don't think he's the player for us.
0: What do you think, Chris, before we move on to the emoji?
1: I agree with everything that you just said. The only thing I would say is... He does look like our most promising attacker every time we play. That is true. And, Can't argue and that. It, and in that, that's the concern. If <laughs> we're not going to sign him, then we need to sell everyone else as well because they're, they're, they are all. But I think we should insane. probably sell everyone yes. else. Oh, I agree. I would. I would, he... I, I would <laughs> ship out our entire forward line. Yeah, I,
2: it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's clearly he's very. He's a very talented boy. It's just. For some reason, it just, again, like everything else at Chelsea, it's just not clicking. And mm. I don't think we can afford to carry passengers as a team. But the problem is, as our team at the moment, is 60-70% passengers, you know? Mm. And, and really. you know, so I, I think we have to be ruthless, Is if you're not performing, you can't stay. No. You know, we need not win. For everyone. win. We need that money to spend on a stroke of as
0: well. I, oh, 85 yeah. million for him would be a massive red flag, wouldn't it? I yeah. cannot wait to see what was in that PowerPoint presentation from Luis Enrique when he was like, this is my plan for this squad. Oh, and then Todd just looks to everyone else on the panel and goes, hang on a minute. of that team have disappeared from what we've got now. Do
2: you know what? Um, I really do worry about that PowerPoint thing because all one of them will have to do is go, look, on this slide, there is a heart and on this one is a brain. And they go, he's like Arteta, we'll get him in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay, emoji time, emoji review of this game. We have to do it. For me, oh, I've gone with the chemist beaker because I ended up watching Breaking Bad due to not having a BT Sports subscription. I did watch the game in highlights and even then I regretted it. But hey, what about you two?
2: Uh, I'm currently looking through my emojis, trying to find one that is suitable and
1: also not rude. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll I'll go with mine then. Uh, just the snoring face. Yeah, because, it's appropriate again. B- yeah, because for me, it felt like the sixth game of the group when both teams was already thrown and no one really cared. It didn't Ooh. feel like a, it didn't feel like the first leg of a quarterfinal because, let's face it, Real Madrid, if they wanted to. They could have finished the tie in the first leg, but for some reason in the second half, they completely stopped playing. Uh, I don't think they they showed us any respect at all. They they have no respect for the fact that we could overturn the 2-0 in the second leg. The, we won't. They got, no, no, of course we won't. And, and they're absolutely <laughs> wrong. But, uh, that, and that's what I mean. I think other teams know it now that once you put two past this team, that's it, it's over. There, mm. there is no why. I mean, Joe Cole afterwards talking about, we, you know, things can happen. And if you, Glenn Hoddle was saying, if you get an early goal, you never know. I mean, firstly, we, we don't we get have a goal. Let, let alone an early exactly. But, and then Lampard saying special things, special things happen at Stamford Bridge. I thought, to be fair, Frank, when you was here, maybe, not now, mate, mm. the last special thing that happened at Stamford Bridge was probably the women's team. So... Let, let, let's not even consider that that's that's going to happen. We are not going to score two goals past Real Madrid and not concede. Yeah, it, it certainly feels that way. for For my uh, emoji
2: review, um, I just want to go with the vomiting emoji uh, because that's what the performance made me want to do.
0: Appropriate, we're adequate. So we're going to move on to the lion of the week. <laughs> Yes, we have to check in with the midweek picks. The birth went with Kante. Chris defaulted to Bettinelli. Ollie went with Reese James. And I went, Kepper. Oh, should we just move on? Should we just move I, I, on? I would like to say I I you know,
2: I, I it's important because we we criticize a lot of players on this show and sometimes we we come up with like quite similar names time after time, and they are the usual suspects. I wanna say Reese James was absolutely atrocious against Real Madrid. He
1: wasn't good. Oh it was dear. his worst
2: it was his worst game for us in a long, long time.
1: Yeah. Although, yeah. what I would say about him is, I do think he was better second half when he was he was the one defending Vinicius.
2: Yeah, what Fofana
1: the... was driving forward instead. Do you know what? Because yeah. you and I were going back and
2: forth about this a, a lot, and I will concede because Fofana had a horrible first half. Horrible, absolutely yeah. horrible first half. Could have easily been sent off. Could have easily given a goal or two away. That, that was poor. Could have easily given a penalty
1: though. because we know that Reese James can defend against the best wingers in the world 1v1.
2: But he I'm didn't right, defend
1: he didn't defend Vinicius in the first half. We made Fafana defend him. And let's be honest, he got absolutely schooled. Mm. And then second half when Reese James went to defend him, he did next to nothing. And Fafana looked a lot more comfortable not being out one v one in the right back slot. So yeah, I-, I do absolutely. think it was poor management.
2: And I want to say as well, you know, like I, I don't want anyone to not catch strays today. I thought Enzo was terrible as well against Real Madrid. I don't think he he provided like one good ball out to Reese, and that's it. Um, yeah. you know, but to be honest, our whole midfield couldn't string like three passes together. Um, uh, before yeah. we would gave the ball away again. You know, I, like, I
1: don't think there was a good player for us. I actually don't think there was a single player you know, on I, the pitch who had I, a good play. I,
2: I, I would actually disagree there. And funnily enough, even though I, I usually rag on him a lot. <laughs> Koulibaly had had a very good game until he got injured. Yeah, I know he's out he, for a few weeks. He did very well. Pitches. He stepped out. He did all the right things. He, he he made absolutely no mistakes. I was actually proud of him. I thought he did well. Um, but other than him, I, I would say everyone was
0: poor. You know, Sterling and Felix. I'm not even going to go into it, but they were they were absolutely just <laughs> yeah. Those no, two never no flowers. No again. flowers are being handed out on this podcast uh, for anyone. It seems uh, we, but. This weekend, we're going to welcome our B team to the bridge. Brighton, uh, appropriately. Brighton, B for Brighton. But anyway, which which lines are you going to be choosing to take on these seagulls? Uh, do we have to pick someone? We do. Oh, I'm, I'm going to jump in straight oh, away.
2: God. Um, I'm. So Frank said uh, in the press conference today that it was going he was going to be giving opportunities to players who haven't played as much recently because I think he wants to rest the main squad for playing against Real Madrid again. Mm-hmm. I think i I want to see Badia Shil, uh and I'm a big, big fan of Big Ben, and I, I want him to do well, and so I'm
0: going to pick Ben more than Uh, well, oh, what's that, Berth? Betanelli, Betanelli, yeah, yeah, you've that's he really in likes Bettinelli you. Bettinelli He does. Birth, I tell yeah. you what, when he's not here, Betanelli, big, big fan. Uh, for me, I've gone well because I expect he want to prove a point, and he's definitely not playing against Real Madrid. That's pretty much that. Uh, Chris. Oh, I don't
2: know. I, you I don't pick someone. I was I, thinking I, about Madueke, but I don't know if
1: man! <laughs> I honestly don't believe that any of these players are capable of a good game now. I think that's the problem. You, um,
2: you, you pick someone who won't play then. <laughs> yeah,
1: let's... Uh, do you know what? Let's pick... Let's pick Pulisic... Because if he's giving people chances to play who haven't played, maybe he'll play. Maybe he'll real. Maybe he'll turn into lockdown a pool, for a game. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think he'll probably sell be sold this summer. But um, uh, I uh, feel like Chris's vote is is a protest vote for protest <laughs> vote. <laughs> point. Hey, he only hey, votes because he has to. We'll see. We'll see on Monday. We'll see on Monday. Well, well, we'll, we'll all see tomorrow if uh, if it goes well. Three o'clock kickoff uh, in the in the UK. So. Lone Army Carousel, we'll finish with some fun. We always do. Um, as I look around, can't see the button that I pick. There it is. Always forget. So right, multiple answers, they give an answer in turn. The winners last man standing. And if you repeat an answer, you're out. And if you get one wrong, you're gone. They're, they're what good. happens if we uh, well, if we oh, hesitate and wait if, too long, Marky. Well, We wait till the end of Jason Cundy asking the question. <laughs> Spurs. That could have been really appropriate as well. For hey, has anyone seen Manchester United? Because they blew a two 0 lead. They still scored four goals in one game, more than we scored in a month. So oh, did you
2: see Lissandro Martinez's injury though? Oh man, to...
0: they literally had to carry him off, which isn't just oh my money. It looked that looks horrific. Yeah, that's his season done. Oh man, he's had such a good season for them. He he really 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 has. Uh, so the the question though, the question is name. Every Premier League manager hired and then fired in the same season. There are 17 to choose from. One manager is on this list twice. So you say his name once and you get it. You get you only get one point. But hey. So I'm going to start off with, I, I feel because he's not at the best of uh, luck this week. Chris. Uh, Frank De uh, Oh. <laughs> Oh, no, no. Frank de Boer was really? hired. No, he was not hired mid-season. I would, I would have gone with Frank de Boer. Yeah, um, wasn't he
1: hired? It wasn't he hired in the summer and then sacked eight games in. Is not that the same? N- you can't be
0: hired nah, and fired mid- in the same it, season. Yeah, it, you've got it, to have guess... kicked
1: off, at least played one game. Oh, right. I've misunderstood the question. Okay, and... <laughs> you know what? We'll start again. We'll, f- we'll
0: allow that. Play the, we'll, play we'll the let... music again, Mike. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we, if you take too long to answer, you've got till Jason Kundi asks the question. <laughs> seen spurs and the question is name every premier league manager hired and then fired in the same season and it has they've had to have played at least one game you know managed one game in the premier league in that season so there are 17 to choose from one manager who's on this list twice and because chris hasn't had the best of luck this week
1: i'm gonna start with chris (laughs) i'm so sorry but i'm gonna ruin this again because i don't think i've got a name oh surely
2: you do you've got to have Um, one
0: no, I really don't. This, this season, you definitely This have season. Won. You can't think of one manager hired this season and then fired this season. Hired and fired already. hmm Yeah,
2: may, maybe for a club that we like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but he, yeah, but again, he was appointed in the summer. I no, mean, okay, he bloody wasn't. But the season had started. Oh, yeah, it hard. yeah. Oh, Graham, <laughs> Graham Potter. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> Graham Potter was hired after we fired Thomas Tuchel this season. Yes, we had Thomas Tuchel for the start this season. Oh, that
1: seems so long ago. It, it does. Oh, it
0: really does. Um you look like the Antonio Conte and Tuchel handshake. Everyone's like, Oh, that was this season. Oh yeah. I I'm oh, not sure I'm not sure if this is the guy
2: who who it happened twice to, but I think didn't it happen didn't wasn't Claudio Ranieri sacked mid season after being hired mid season? Double.
0: That's Fulham and Watford. Oh, Watford from. as well. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's
0: the double. Uh, Chris, come on! You've got this. You've got this. It's a challenging question, but um,
1: I, I to be honest with you, I'm trying to think of Watford managers. Yeah, I was a that's really people. appropriate. <laughs> Hired and fired uh, in the same season. I think I've got one more, so it will be a tough who, one. Who, who was that Watford guy? they have had people stupid names, so that's the problem. Um. I don't even feel cruel enough to play the alarm. No, I I, I honestly don't. I, I can't think of any of their names. I would... Uh, oh, Javi Quatsia, is he one?
0: <laughs> He's not, I'm afraid. Ollie, come on, can you um, win it? Uh, Nathan Jones for Southampton.
1: Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Uh, yeah! Because that
0: happened this season, didn't it? It did yeah. indeed. So you could have had Alan Pardew at West Brom. And Attilio Lombardo, at Crystal Palace. That must have been in the nineties. Yeah, Bob, Bob Bradley at Swansea. Bob Bradley was sacked, hired, and sacked mid-season. He was indeed. Oh. Uh, Colin Todd at Derby again nineties. Dave Bassett, or, or as I call him, Dave Bassett. Uh, <laughs> <at> Le- <laughs> I thought oh, I'll bring that in uh, from uh, Leicester. Uh, Howard Wilkinson at Sunderland, which I do remember that a long time ago. Les Reid, infamously one of the shortest spells in history. Uh, Nigel Pearson at Watford. Kike Sanchez-Flores at Watford. Remy Gard at Villa. Rennie Mühlenstein at Fulham. Steve Wigley at Saints. And everyone's favourite Arsenal captain, Tony Adams at Portsmouth. So there we <laughs> go. Remy Gard, I forgot he existed. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I remember I came across this in a quiz. This, this, this is where I got the inspiration from. And I got all of these right. Well, I didn't get Lombardo, I didn't get Todd, I didn't get Bassett. Oh, I've missed out one. I do apologize. He's on Joe Kinnear at Newcastle. He's on this list, I've missed mm. him out, but yes, he was on it interesting because uh, interesting. there was that one season I was thinking about Watford there was that one season where they did have a, a fair few coaches in, in one they, season they did they've done it this season haven't they they appointed Rob Edwards in the summer he managed some games so he would have been on the list
1: oh no Yeah, Ki- Kike Sanchez Flores was the one I was trying to remember I could oh, I could picture yeah. him in my head as well but I couldn't remember what his name was
2: I always confuse him with Nuno Esperinto Santo
0: <laughs>
1: yeah I thought of him too yeah, yeah.
0: I've just quickly pulled up the Watford managers in the last, this season. They've had Chris Wilder, who had to have a statement put out that he weren't being fired this year uh slab and Bilic and rob edwards just just think that through they could have had four managers it's like actual managers not like Cliff, we've yeah. had in an interim but maybe four. we're gonna
2: have to do an oh yeah remember him for managers Slaven and billich
0: <laughs> uh, it's just uh, wild yeah. Absol- remember how
2: good he was with pyat at west ham
0: <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah see there it is there's we're coming close we've got a month away from postseason content and i'm i'm already bloody hyped for it i've got some Got some good ideas we can go through, so we can't so, wait for the
2: season to end because there's yeah.
0: content coming. Listen, yes that's exactly. We can't. We we just we've had enough of watching Chelsea games. So with that, we're at the end of another episode. Thank you for listening. Of course, treat yourself well. Enjoy the weekend. I know we've got a game, but hey, we might win. We might score. We might score a goal. Wouldn't it be ironic if we win one nil and it's an own goal? Yeah. Is, <laughs> now at
2: this point with this season even if we do win you can't even celebrate it you can't even yeah.
0: enjoy uh, it we'll see. Uh, that could be like a little biscuit there i won't i won't do it I, it's i feel like i've just spoke that into existence but anyway <laughs> anyway uh enjoy the weekend whatever you're doing we'll be back monday talk all things brighton so till next time that is us signing off You've been listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea Pepsi podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for At The Bridge Pod. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leaving us a review is always appreciated.